Hello and welcome to another episode of Evoke Rant Sessions. This is Abir Al-Amin and today's topic is going to be a sensitive one, so buckle up. In the previous episode, we covered envy. How it's a result of being driven so far away from who we truly are as individuals and as humanity. That we are now too busy comparing ourselves to others and envious of the other and what's going on in their lives. We've got to create space for us to support ourselves and one another into being the best version we could be. And we don't do that by living up to the standards of societies that we've created and continue to endorse with our free will. No, we do it by using our free will to uphold God's law that tells us, he who knows himself knows his God. Today we're going to talk about the ultimate separation sin. The one where the other is not just the other, but his well-being is now negligible and violence of any sort is justified. Today we're talking about wrath. But to understand wrath, we need to highlight again the difference between anger and rage. Anger is the emotion that follows an injustice and it comes to tell us that the injustice we witnessed or experienced does not align with community, humanity, or divinity, and it must be corrected. Observe your anger. It's a justified messenger. Receive the message, calm yourself by drinking a glass of cold water or washing your face, and address the issue from a calm and centered space. Back in episode 4, The Arsenal, we briefly touched upon rage. It's one of the fight behaviors, And as we know, all the guns we use, all the coping and defense mechanisms we use in our interrelational dynamics, are methods by which we avoid our true suppressed emotions that get triggered by the ongoing of a relationship. So rage is basically used to unleash suppressed emotions triggered through an experience. And when you never learn to regulate your body as you're going through emotional experiences, and instead you suppressed your fear or sadness... Like a pressure cooker, they will explode in fits of rage periodically, as you let off steam. Wrath, though, wrath is a special kind of rage. It's suppressed anger itself. It's when the unexpressed anger from previous injustices piles up in the pressure cooker and then goes nuclear with violence for retaliation. When you take violent action against whatever it is you're protecting yourself from, that's wrath. When you punch a wall, kick a table, hurt another living being, be it an animal, plant, or another human being, that's wrath. Respect, love, tolerance, balance, all gone out the window. It's a moment where life itself loses value with complete rejection of the current reality and an attempt to assume control and assert or protect yourself at any cost, you become judge and jury. And the cost can be a phone flung across a room all the way to loss of life. We've learned to function from fear. We raise our children with fear. We teach them in schools through fear. We apply fear in order to put people in their place, through detention and report cards at school, which later on become warnings and threats at the workplace, which also becomes imprisonment and court dates and jails. And we call them correctional facilities. 
but we all know there is no correction whatsoever. It's just punishment and rich grounds to incur more violence. There's no work being done to use mistakes to evolve as a collective. Instead, we apply more rules and regulations to further control and again through fear, feeling falsely safe. It starts at home and school, where there's no effort being put into understanding the root cause of a child's behavior. Instead, we punish equating the child with the behavior, rather than understand where it stems from. And this goes all the way to imprisonment, punishing the person for the behavior without looking at the core problem that resulted in the mistake to begin with. We've got to look at why this person did this in the first place. Where's the flaw within our system that induces within people such behaviors in order to survive, or live, or even act out? What are they acting out against? If our systems were intact, and by intact I mean built on love and sovereignty, nobody would need to act out. And if they did, we'd have proper measures in place to transform both the person and the system. But that is not the case anywhere in the world today. When a child exhibits a certain behavior in a household and they get punished for that behavior without looking at where the child has gotten that behavior from, or why is he exercising it, then we have isolated the child into an individual and told them, you did something that does not sit well with this group you belong to, driving unworthiness home. Question though, where did he get his behavior from? Where's the family's responsibility and accountability and understanding the core of that behavior and what caused it? There is a cause to every effect. And we seem to be punishing the effects and never looking at the causes. We always, always need to look back at the structures we've erected. We do not function like healthy communities because we use expectation, punishment and reward as a way to manage ourselves and people. Ironically, though, we punish for behaviors that result from unworthiness to begin with. And punishment just reiterates that and makes the person feel even more unworthy. So we drive people to function out of guilt and shame, succumbing to a system that induces separation and is festering grounds for rage. Our social structure is severely skewed, twisted, it's broken. Our collective cultures are not even close to fair, let alone ideal. The way we live life is inhumane and it's ruled by fear and ego. There's injustice everywhere and hence suppressed anger everywhere. You know what all of this results in? It results in interrelational wrath be it within families, between people, companies, and countries, from domestic violence to wars. The core is the same extreme separation and unstable search for safety and the need to assert oneself through punishing the other, through taking revenge. People who grew up in a household that justified physical or verbal emotional abuse disguised as upbringing methods will then use the same methodology on others when they grow up. 
call it revenge, call it trauma, call it skewed programming, thinking that this is what love really is, at the end of the day, it's wrath. Extreme fear aggression, asserting power as a retaliation to feeling powerless all those years ago, when they were reprimanded through violence as a kid and without the ability to avenge themselves or even express their anger. Domestic violence creates bullies and victims. It extends to harm not only family members, but also domestic help that are there to make a living. It doesn't stop there, though. Not every victim of domestic violence becomes a gang member or a murderer. That's just in the movies. Some grow to become citizens who are very respected in our broken society, at the workplace and in social gatherings. But at home, they reenact their childhood. Only now they're on the inducing side, avenging their younger years. This is more widespread than anyone would dare admit. The ego's game is divide and conquer, remember? And we're okay nowadays, believing whatever story is spun to tell us. This is good for us. That's good for our family. That's good for your future. That's good for our country. Because we grew up believing that violence is sometimes used for love. We believe the story that we are now separate from the other person because thanks to pride, the foundation of separation has already been laid down for us to follow. Wrath is the final level. It's the one where the well-being of the person in front of you is no longer important enough for you to consider as you unleash the dragon. With wrath, rage escalates into violence to assert control. And the need for control comes from fear. Basically, violent wrath is fear aggression. Look at the wars around us. There's not a single continent on earth that's not suffering from one kind of battle or war or the other. And if you go into why this is happening, you never really get a clear answer. I want you to look at one war today, of the many that are going on, and tell me why it's really happening. Give me one good reason. There isn't any. There's never a good reason to take a life, to start a war. And no matter how much you dig, it's always going to be this versus that and a story within a story within a story. And because they started it, it's like boys with toys. That's what it is today. And none of it is justified. One side of the formula kills three to ten people, and the other one, in retaliation, wipes out a nation. An eye for an eye makes the whole world go blind, and we're not even batting an eye anymore. We're all blind as it is. And the ones whose job is to protect us, and are justifying their actions under the same umbrella of protecting us, are running our world to the ground, right in front of us. How long are we going to stay asleep? How long are we going to let this go on and be like, it's not happening here where I am, it's on the other side of the planet? Do you think it does not contribute to your own ups and downs? To your own anxiety? Your own quality of life? You think you're so far away from whoever's going through it that it doesn't affect you. You think you're separate. You're not. We are one humanity. 
And whatever affects the East affects the West. But we've been living in separation mode for so long, we have forgotten that we are one thing. Observe a flock of birds in murmuration. What a beautiful and mesmerizing sight. They all move in unity. And to achieve that, each bird observes the neighboring seven birds in every direction. Each bird does its job, flies its lane, and is a focal point for the other birds and they work in oneness. That's our capacity. That's our potential. That's what humanity could be right there, but we've forgotten who we are. And when we forget who we are, we allow any narrative to send us off kilter. We allow anybody's story to be our story. Don't lose yourself in the stories. Rather, observe the author. Observe whoever is spinning the story you're now supposed to believe and contribute to. And if you can't observe the author, then observe yourself and the narratives in your head. How are you contributing to this? Because you see, your silence is contribution. Your consent is contribution. And that's all that is needed to justify the state of the world today. Because our silence is consent enough. We have been slowly conditioned to walk the margin. Our protectors know best. Now we're being told that the situation in the world today could escalate into a nuclear war. The thought is simmering within the collective and we're sitting at home listening to it on the news, on social media, on random speculations and declarations left, right and center, people buying bunkers and stocking up on iodine pills. So the story is being spun that a nuclear war might happen and we're jumping on the narrative and losing ourselves in that story. And that's the dangerous bit where the rest of us are not only expecting it, but we're accepting the fact that there might be a nuclear war. We're now collectively directing reality there with our thoughts. Have we not realized that things do not happen without our consent? We, the people? Have we not realized yet that this cannot go on if we speak up? If we stand up and say, no, we did not consent? Know that life is precious. Not only the humans you know and care about, not only human life, but every form of life is precious. And here we're sitting consenting to nuclear bombs being dropped that could get thousands, if not millions, killed. Intoxicate and pollute acres upon acres of land and air for God knows how many years to come. How are we okay with this? And those who are supposed to be acting on our behalf, are they really acting on our behalf? How is it okay? How has humanity gotten to a place where we're consenting to a nuclear war under the pretense that it's good for our country versus these other humans over there who need to be violently reprimanded? We're programmed to consent by losing ourselves in the spinning of stories in the media telling us we need to go to war and someone has to drop a nuclear bomb because... Because? Because what? I don't care what you put after your because and after your we need to do this. It's non-justifiable no matter how you spin the story. You cannot justify dropping a nuclear head on anyone. 
You cannot justify the annihilation of thousands and maybe millions of people because they go by different policies than you do. Because you're afraid or threatened. This is the ultimate fear aggression. Such actions do not come from a place of love or protection. They only come from people who hate themselves and are imposing this on the rest of us. How are we okay with this? We've gotten so okay with it. We're sitting here joking about, oh, there's a nuclear war at the end of this year. That's what 2022 is bringing. Really? And here's the thing, just like social distancing and this is the new normal have been drilled into our heads through repetition, so is this nuclear war. And no, I do not consent. I am one human being on planet Earth who does not consent to anybody dropping a nuclear bomb in order to further their own political agendas. You're not doing this to protect the people, you're doing this to harm others in order to assert your own power, and that, my friend, is wrath. That's not normal, and it's not natural, and no one try to tell me this is human nature. It's not. If you want to believe this is human nature, you go ahead. I refuse. I'm angry, and there's no way you're not angry too. But we're not supposed to act out of our anger. True strength is transmuting anger into passion, into another form of the fire energy that exists within us. Let's use that anger to ignite our passion, to stand and speak up for what we truly believe in. That's true alchemy. There are many traditions we inherited that don't serve us today. We're busy fighting off these traditions or trying to upgrade and fix them. One example is wars. I'm sure we've all learned by now, and history has shown us many, many times, the outcome is always another bigger problem. Yet we still allow political tantrums to escalate into war again and again. And I say we allow because yes, it is in our hands. And yes, by staying quiet, we the people have been allowing it. Fighting traditions is futile. They were once needed for our ancestors to survive somehow. But today we thank them for this contribution and choose to change it. We choose to create the trends today that becomes the new culture of tomorrow and the traditions of future generations to come. What legacy do we wish to leave behind? Definitely not a nuclear war. Revolutions and wars, all of these today are manipulated and designed to influence the masses and direct people towards a certain agenda and outcome. So much is spun in the media that marching in the streets and carrying signs never really changes much. Yes, it tells people where you stand, but it doesn't change anything today because most revolutions are influenced and the people you're protesting to are not about to change things just because you protested. The system won't budge through protesting. What are the alternatives? What can we do to change our world to a better one today? What can we do for the future? What would we like to see in the new structure that we follow as humanity? What emerges out of this chaos the whole world is in the middle of right now? Ever been camping? Started an organic fire? You would use twigs and dry leaves at the bottom and pile up wood starting with smaller pieces and then build up to the larger pieces of wood. The dry leaves and twigs are loud and they burn super bright. 
without really doing much. The wood is still cold and intact at this point. But once enough heat is generated, the larger pieces of wood heat up and they start burning. Slowly but surely, and now you begin to feel the warmth. You know, the wood never really burns bright like the twigs. It burns deep red with a low rumble. Rage is like the twigs and leaves. It's volatile, loud, weak, personal, destructive, without a goal other than to destroy, to look mighty. True anger is like the larger pieces of wood. Purposeful, sure, strong, and transformative. As I reflect on the fire crackling in front of me, I realize that it's children that rage for revenge, to look bigger than they really feel, to throw tantrums or bombs. It's children. Maturity, however, is silent. It transmutes anger into something good for all of humanity, creating what's new through passion, like the larger pieces of wood, transforming cold into warm. Our sense of power in the world is now driven collectively through rage. When we see two people displaying love, we ask them to get a room. But we're quick to pull out our phones to film a fight. We even entice fights when we see the tension build up between two people. We pay money to go watch people fight. How have we become so ashamed of love, yet we openly practice violence? Can you now see that we are one people? And wherever we are, we're all frustrated, pensive, angry, and connected to one another? Matter of fact, we crash into one another just to feel that connection. Whatever your story is, I feel you, and you feel me. So let's wake up to who we are and redirect where we're headed. <laughs> we need to get louder and actions speak louder than words. In healthy communities, we do not give in to the propaganda of the collective ego. We do not allow pride to fester. Instead, we nourish love and we have love manifest. Fighting rage with rage is exactly what an eye for an eye is. Now that we know rage and anger are different, you actually face rage with anger. Yes, you heard me. You fight empty, violent rage with correcting the injustice that caused it. And though injustice triggers anger, it is corrected with passion. The passion to see justice served, not just now in this context, but also see the system rectified to avoid the same unfairness in the future. Rage is rampant because so many of our systems today are built on injustice, and we need to readjust them through passion to function as systems that serve humanity, that serve oneness, one people. On a personal level, ask your rage, what past is it trying to fix? What injustice have you experienced in your life that you need to accept and heal from? Is it still happening? How can you change it? Learn to regulate your nervous system and release the suppressed emotions. Clear out the storage and know that today you have the power to respond to injustice with passion and wisdom. How can you show yourself more love?
How can you show humanity more love? Acknowledge the anger you have today. Because of all of the injustices we're exposed to day in and day out. Use your voice and power today to transmute that anger into passion. When we harbor rage and use violence as a defense mechanism, even if it's just shouting, then we justify the world we live in. We justify wars. We justify nuclear heads. We justify wrath. Forgiveness is the antidote to rage. Some might think that forgiveness lets the other person off the hook easy, but it's really for you. Forgiveness is how you clear your suppressed anger. Forgiveness for the previous injustices you have incurred is clearing the energy of revenge that ignites wrath within you. It's a major step towards releasing the judgment you have towards anyone's actions and looking instead for how that context made you a better person or how it can guide you to make sure the injustice you incurred does not happen again to you or to someone else. Make a list of the grudges you're still holding on to from the past. People who are still in your life and those that are not. You're still carrying that energy within you and it will affect how you perceive the world and how you contribute to it. Make that list and begin your forgiveness journey. Along the way, you will learn to forgive yourself as well for burdening yourself by carrying these dense energies to begin with. Releasing the grudges and the rage you use to protect yourself creates space for true connections and passion to flow. So you do your part, and I'll do mine. Clear your energy, clear your matrix, and together we all rewrite the collective matrix of humanity. This episode is now a wrap, and we have only one episode left in the community series and one last sin to cover. I'm already super excited for the next episode. The content for it is already flowing. I'm not sure yet what will happen after episode 14, but I know that I still have a lot to say. And when that is meant to be delivered, it will come to me. We're at the precipice of a big change. And we are the catalysts for that change. Do not underestimate what one person could do while they're aligned to God's love and geared towards humanity's benefits. We are powerful, and our power comes from how many ways we can wield love, and we wield love with passion. Passion is within us. We were born with it. So remember, find yours, and we are all transformed.